Once again, so as Christians, we should be thankful every day, right? Amen? Amen. Not just one day a year, right? But every day we should be thankful. But with Thanksgiving coming up and uh, the season of Thanksgiving, I'd like for us to be intentional in our giving of thanks this morning. And I'd like us to be intentional in counting our blessings. So I've asked Daniel Rodriguez, Peter Fargo, and Charlie Black to help us as a church this morning count our blessings. And we're going to start with Daniel. So why don't we welcome Daniel on up? And I'm still standing here. I'm not leaving yet because he's the birthday boy this weekend. And we got them all up here front and center. So let's all sing happy birthday to Daniel, okay? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Daniel. Happy birthday to you. I am so thankful for this man. I'm so thankful for his friendship, to be a brother in Christ with him, and to serve Christ with Daniel. We're so blessed to have him here at this church, aren't we? So I'm thankful for you, brother. Thank you so much, Terry. Well, he he got me. Uh, We'll have to remember that, Terry. Uh, I think all of us could come up here and really spend, we could spend endless time just thanking God for everything um, but we we're, we're thankful for so much I'm going to share with you how I'm, I'm just so thankful for my family for our family and that covers a lot but before I get into the family I have to say as I was thinking through this how how is it that we have this family how is it that I am so blessed and it's that God just he keeps us God blesses us like who do we thank? We thank God because he is so good. I wanted to share a few verses. What came to my mind is when God um, had that conversation with Satan and he said, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan kind of complains like, oh, come on. And here's what he says. He says, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. And you know what? When you are a child of God, you are blessed by him abundantly. It's not fair to the enemy. He is out to destroy us. We hear that he's like a roaring lion, right? We hear that he is the accuser of the brethren. But there's this cool verse that I found in 2 Chronicles. I like it much more than those verses. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That is so cool. The Lord, he is looking. He is looking all over the earth and he's looking for those who fear him, for those who are loyal to him. Why? So he could bless them. Another verse, Psalm 34, verses 7 and 8 say, The angel says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him 
and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. And so as I go down my list, I would ask that you would see, view, I'm sure you will, but relate this to yourself as I'm sharing what I'm thankful for. I bet you all could relate so much. But I've got one more verse, I promise, last verse. Psalm 128. It says this, How joyful are those who fear the Lord. All who follow his ways, you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine, flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. And that is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. And so I have to give God all the credit. Amen? He is so good. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the life that God has given me. I'm thankful for the job that I have. I'm thankful for the church, the health that I have. And I just see God's protection, God's blessing all, all around. First of all, for my lovely wife, Sarah, who I, I was able to fool her into saying yes to marry me. She has been a blessing to me. I have three children, Luke, Josiah, and Emma. And God has protected us all of our lives from being in a car accident here recently where we could imagine how things could have been so much worse for our family. But I have to say, God, thank you so much because you protected us. Could have been so much worse. Many years ago, Sarah had cancer. And that was a long period of time where we just didn't know what was going to happen. And I, I remember telling God, God, you are sovereign you are perfect in all of your ways, and I know that you, you, you give and you take away. Uh, but you know what? I thank God that Sarah is still here with us. She's still here with us, and uh, I'm still making her mad at me every day. No, I'm just kidding. We're, we're having fun every day. We love each other so much. I'm so thankful that she is still with us. I'm thankful for my firstborn, Luke, and I just think of how God keeps protecting us. I remember when he was a little boy, uh, we found a burn uh, about this size um, in the carpet of his bedroom. And we said, Luke, what happened? He said, well, I lit a fire. I said, what? You lit a fire? And he said, yeah, but I stomped it out. Oh, my God, thank you so much for giving me a bright young boy who, well, I don't know, I guess bright, right? He was smart enough to stomp it out. Imagine what could have happened there. I'm thankful for my second-born, Josiah. And he's broken a few bones, but you know what? We still have him in one piece right now. He has a big heart, and he's a blessing to us for sure. I'm so thankful for my little girl, Emma. She's so precious. I even thank God for the time that when we were at Disneyland, she was two years old, she threw up all over my shirt. And I think it's so cute still. That's how precious she is to me. She's so precious. I'm so thankful for my parents, my mom and my dad, who have been such an excellent example to all of us. I want to be like them. I want to work as hard as they do. I want to love God like they do. I want to pray for others like they do. I want to be generous like them. So thankful for them. I'm so thankful for my grandparents, and perhaps you can relate to this, my grandparents who have left this earth and gone to be with the Lord. I'm thankful for the time that I had with them. 
And I'm thankful especially that because they were in the Lord, I know that they're not lost. I know where they are, and I know that I will get to see them again and hang out with them. What a comfort that is. I'm so thankful for my brothers and sisters. Just so you all know, I'm the youngest of seven. So stop saying my brother Henry and I are the same age. He's 10 years older than me, okay? (laughs) But I'm the youngest of seven, and I'm so thankful for every single one of them. I've learned so much from them. I look up to every single one of them. Um, I've learned from their mistakes. I would say they've learned from my mistakes, but usually when I make a mistake, they already knew better than me. Um, But we're so blessed with a big family. I'm so thankful for my nephews and my nieces. I was three years old, and I was already an uncle. And that was, that's just been so cool. I tried bossing them around because I was their uncle, but we were like the same age. It didn't quite work. But the family that I have to get to be with, nephews and nieces, I don't even know how many we have. Don't ask me. It's over 20. Um, I see how God, we've all had close calls in life. We've all had times where we've been uh, struggling, but we're here. And I see God's fingerprints. One last thing. When I think about how I'm thankful for family, I'm so thankful for the church family that we have, that I have. I'm so thankful that I get to hang out. How many of you would love to get to hang out with people like Pastor Terry and Pastor Peter, Pastor Bruce, Charlie? I get to do it all the time. I get to work here and I get to pick their brains and I, I'm just so thankful for them. I'm so thankful for the musicians that I get to um, play with. And they're all better than I am. But they're, they're just amazing examples to me. All the people that help and serve alongside with me. Or I get to serve alongside with them. The youth that I get to spend time with. They make me feel young. Um, they still listen to me somehow. And I'm just so thankful. And last thing I have to say is I'm so thankful for our fellowship. Every single one of you the color that every one of you adds to our fellowship, where would we be? Church, it's just so much funner with everyone. And so I hope you all can relate when I say, I am so thankful to you, God, for my family and for keeping us. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Thank you. I'm thankful for... A lot of things too, and this morning I'd like to focus on how thankful I am for our, our country, our nation, and our, and our freedom. Psalm 33, verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And America has been truly blessed. I took a piece of paper and I started writing down all of the blessings that I could remember. And I know this is not an exhaustive list, but I'd like to read uh, some of these, or all of these to you. I'm thankful for the abundant natural resources. I'm thankful for the beautiful mountain ranges and lush prairies. I'm thankful for the woodlands and the forests that provide lumber so we could build. I'm thankful for the rich uh, topsoil to produce an abundance of crops. I'm thankful for the vast oil supply to include natural gas and coal. I'm thankful for the precious metals and minerals we have. 
I'm thankful for the agreeable climate. All areas of America are livable and productive. I'm thankful for the miles of coastland and sufficient rainfall. I'm thankful for the numerous rivers, lakes, natural springs that distribute water and that provide fresh food. I'm thankful for the strong Judeo-Christian values that we have. I'm thankful for our founding fathers who were God-fearing, honest people, respectful of the rights and values of others. I'm thankful for American history. I'm thankful for the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence, risking everything, including their own lives, for our freedom. I'm thankful for our religious freedom. I'm thankful for the many Christian universities that were founded in America, such as Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Brown, and Dartmouth. I'm thankful for the many Christian hospitals that were established here. I'm thankful for the many Christian missionaries who were sent out from America to fulfill the Great Commission. I'm thankful for the melting pot of diversity in our country because of the millions of immigrants who have came searching for the American dream. I'm thankful for capitalism, knowing that with a strong worth ethic, anyone can create a good life for themselves and their families. I'm thankful for our public servants, our police officers, firefighters, teachers, sanitation workers. I'm thankful for our military, our veterans, and those that gave our life for our freedom. Today, I pray that we would all remember and be thankful for these many blessings. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We need to remember our blessings in order to fully, truly be blessed by him and to be truly thankful. Sadly, sometimes I forget all of our blessings, but I, I want to remember God's blessings every day, every minute. The Bible predicts in the last days, that men will be unthankful. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be us. Unthankful people think they don't need God. Unthankful people forget the blessings of God. Unthankful people suppress the truth about God. Unthankful people are rewriting American history. Unthankful people are portraying Americans as oppressors, making Christians, especially white Christians, as villains. This is how the narrative goes. About 600 years ago, most people in the world live peaceably, comfortably, and environmentally sustainable lives. 
Then in the 1400s, a bunch of white men in Europe went crazy. While abusing their woman, they built ships and weapons to attack and exploit the rest of the world. These crazy white men exterminated Native Americans, enslaved black Africans, and impoverished Asians. They also started wars and polluted the planet to cause the catastrophe climate crisis we have today. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. For us and anyone to be truly thankful, truly blessed, truly happy, we must know and remember our American history, our American blessings. We must learn from our history, not erase it. I'm not saying our, our history is perfect. We must be thankful for our American history, thankful for Christopher Columbus, for what he accomplished. Thank you for the pilgrims and Puritans for what they suffered. Thank you for the American Indians for what they provided. Thank you to the original 13 colonies for what they risk to unite to fight England. We must be thankful for the Declaration of Independence and what it means. We must be thankful for our World War I, World War II, Korean War, and all of our combat vets for what they did to liberate the world, not to oppress the world. Do you remember after 9-11? It was a very grim day. That evening at the Capitol, senators and Congress representatives went to the east steps of the Capitol, and they, they made a couple of announcements of what's going on and how they were going to be united. You had Republicans standing side by side with Democrats united. They had a moment of silence. And after the meeting broke up and they started to walk away in an impromptu style, they broke out by singing, God bless America. Later that month, during the President's September 20, 2001, Joint Sessions Address, President George Bush thanked the Congress for their leadership at such a time, saying, all of America was touched on the evening of the tragedy to see Republicans and Democrats join together on the steps of the Capitol singing, God bless America. God Bless America is an American patriotic song by Irvin Berlin. During World War I in 1918, he wrote the song, and he revised it in 1938. God Bless America takes the form of a prayer. Please allow me to read it to you as we gather in Thanksgiving this week Thanksgiving for our nation, our country, and for our freedom. God bless America, land that I love. 
stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the ocean white with foam, God bless America, my home, sweet home. While the storm clouds gather far across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free. Let us all be grateful for a land so fair as we raise our voices in a solemn prayer. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the ocean white with foam, God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Daniel. Absolutely. As Daniel said, there's so many things to be thankful for. In fact, if we were to take out a sheet of paper, and I mean just fill it out every day, counting the blessings, counting the blessings, I know it would eliminate a lot of stress, certainly in this season and every day. Developing an attitude, if you will, of gratitude, it, it does take a choice, a choice that comes daily. And I'm not talking about the kind of Gratitude that comes today and is gone tomorrow. I'm happy today. I'm not happy tomorrow. But really choosing gratitude and realizing how profound and how deep our gratitude is, knowing that Christ, knowing that he is the head of the church, our church, the church, every single day. About 12 years ago, I had a meeting with, at the time, he was an assistant principal at Bel Air High School. He was named, of course, the assistant principal of the year. We had some business discussions, had an appointment to see him. His name was Wes. He's still there, Wes Mottinger. And as I was sitting and visiting with Wes, I noticed there on the back wall, he had a quote beautifully framed. And I kept looking at the quote, and I kept thinking about that quote, and we were talking about different things that we had met about, and it began hard for me to even focus on that meeting. And the quote was a very simple quote, but extremely profound. And the quote was, someone else is happy with less than what you Someone else is happy with less than what you have. And certainly over the days, the weeks, the years, when sometimes I awaken and sometimes the day just doesn't go the way I thought it should go, I often reflect back as God points that to me. Someone else is happy with less than what you have. You see, the world really has it reversed, doesn't it? The world says for you to be happy, you have to have more, more money, more of a title, more position, more possessions. Then you'll be happy. And then when you have that, you'll need a little bit more. It would never stop. 
But isn't it nice to know that Jesus came to overcome the world? That Jesus came to be the head of the church. And knowing that, as he described in Luke, he said, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. They originated here. Their home is here. They're destined here. But Jesus was not originated here. He was not destined to be here. He was destined to be home. And he's destined to come back for his church, our church, me, you, all over the world. You know, there's days that I wake up and I think to myself, boy, it's just not going the way I thought it was going to go. It's not in my script. And sometimes I feel like clicking my dirty shoes together, kind of like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, and take me to Kansas, take me home. But it doesn't work that way, does it? You see, Jesus has a purpose for each and every one of us in his church. And as members in the body of his church, he gives us all a purpose. And I'm so thankful. I'm thankful every day for his purpose that he has for all of us. Sometimes I ask myself, well, what if? What if this happened? Or what if that happened? what What if God didn't fulfill his promise that he gave to Abraham? What if he would have just said, you know... You guys blew it. Too bad. I'm so thankful he he fulfilled his promise. I'm so thankful that he sent his son, Jesus. And so thankful that when he, Jesus, asked his disciples, well, who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That Jesus did not just say, you're right, Peter, I am and continue teaching something else. He said, I am the rock, and on this rock I will build my church, our church, forevermore. Church has always been important to me, and I know it's always been important to you, and I'm not talking about just a beautiful building and a beautiful place to go, and it has all the different things, and those are nice. They're very nice. But the church is within each and every one of us. As a young boy, I grew up in the lower valley. Went to a slight of high school, and we grew up on a farm. Most all farmers in that area. There were four main denominations of churches. And I mean they were within about a mile. You could walk to anyone you wanted to walk to. One was the Loma Terrace Baptist Church the Loma Terrace Methodist Church, the Bethany Christian Church. And to this day, you could go exactly where I'm talking about, and you won't find those churches. They've been gone for decades. There's one church that still remains, the little church that I went to on Loma Land Street called Faith Presbyterian Church. And still to this day, you'll find God-fearing people, you see, when I was a young boy, mid-50s, later part of the 50s, people that attended church, they were from World War II. They were veterans. Their values were much different than what we see today. They were all biblically based, and that 
was church. I felt it there. I feel it here at this church, Calvary Chapel, Sun City. I'm so grateful to be here, and I know each and every one of you are. If I were to choose three things about Calvary Chapel, and believe me, there's a lot more than three, but I would start with the teaching, the teaching that is taught every Wednesday, every Sunday, the uncompromising word of God in a world that is so compromised, stable, solid, and not just at the services, but in the Bible studies, women's, men's, children's, all the different ministries that go on is consistent in all that goes on here and all that is said. I'm very thankful for the fellowship within this church, for all the men and the women who come together corporately to pray and corporately to fulfill what God has purposed all of us to do in different ministries. Back in 2020, I know you remember, late February, March, everything began to turn upside down. We all were walking in zombie land. I thought I was in the twilight zone. Of course, I'm always thinking I'm in the twilight zone. (laughs) And Peter and Ed got together and suggested that us as men go and pray fervently on the mountain, Trans Mountain, there at some of the picnic tables. Back in late February, March, as you know, it can get cold. Those first couple of times, I thought I was going to freeze to death. But I always look on those days and how special that was to me in listening and ministering and hearing people's prayers for one another of what they were going through, people losing their jobs or their businesses, even relationships, yet realizing that Jesus purposed that. I'm especially proud of the prayer that goes on here at Jesus Chapel. It's very consistent. Prayer is not something that you'll always find, believe it or not, in a church, but you'll find it here. You'll find it everywhere. Prayer to us is like what mortar is to bricks. And here at Calvary Chapel, people pray. In 2020, we came in on some Saturdays, sat in different groups. We didn't know who the people were. It didn't matter. We were all there for one reason, purpose to pray for each other and to see, help each other get through whatever they may have been going through. Certainly at different occasions, maybe it's a Seder dinner, maybe it's a Christmas outreach where We'll see people praying for other people. can walk the ground sometimes and see people praying out in the parking lot. I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful for the women who pray fervently for this church. I'll promise you that. And God answers prayers. Because God is a promise keeper. He is the way maker. He is a miracle maker, and I'm very thankful for that because he... And he blesses us, his church, to
to go out and to, to be a light into the world. I'm very thankful. And I know you all are. Thank you very much. Man, I'm so thankful that I get to hang out with those guys and this beautiful congregation. So many things in everyday life to be thankful for from our families, our health, jobs, all the different ways. But I'm here to remind you this morning of the spiritual blessings. We have many, many, many spiritual blessings as born-again Christians. And who could really count, list out all those spiritual blessings? There are so many. But let me just share a few. And I want to start big and then drill down. First of all, I am thankful for God's word. I'm thankful for the written scripture. I'm thankful for the Bible. My brother and sister in Christ, God wrote you a love letter. This is God's user's manual on life. Right here we have all truth unfiltered contained. And we got God's word in English. I'm so glad. That's the only language I know, English. But we also have God's word in languages all over the world. I am so grateful for God's word. We're told all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This, this book alone explains righteousness and how to live righteously and how to be a complete man of God, a complete woman of God. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, And a light to my path. I love that imagery. God's written word is that lamp that you hold out in front and it guides every step that you take in life. All the wisdom, all the discernment that you need. In fact, on everything in life, work, finances, relationships, conflict resolution, marriage, parenting, Every practical matter that involves every practical aspect of your life, you can find wisdom for that in God's word. Think of it. Psalm 119 goes on to say, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. This book will keep you from sin. From dangerous living. It'll keep you on the straight and narrow. As you look into it. As you read it. It's God's gift. It's bread. Spiritual bread for the soul. It's water that washes you. It's the means by which we get to know God better. Think of it. A book from God 
to you. Are you thankful for the Bible? Oh, how we could spend more time reading it, right? Not taking it for granted. Well, as you drill further down into the Bible, as you look into the heart of Scripture, you find the gospel message. And I'm thankful for the gospel message. The Bible tells us what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with the human race. We live in a fallen world. The human race is a fallen, sinful race. God created us in the Garden of Eden beautifully. Everything was great. He created us with a free will. And with our free will, instead of choosing to love him, we chose to rebel against him. Adam and Eve fell. Sin entered the human experience. The world fell. And because there is sin in the world, there's destruction. There are broken hearts. There's crime. There's broken marriages. Fights. Ugliness. Because of sin, death entered the world. That's why there's hospitals and morgues and police stations and courtrooms. The Bible's very clear. That's what happened. We fell into sin. And the worst part about sin is that it separates us from the God who loved us, who loves us, and made us. Because our sin separates us from God because he's sinless. He's holy, he's perfect, and he's just. And all sin must be condemned. But the gospel message tells us that our God is gracious and loving and merciful. He could have left us to ourselves. Ah, you made your bed, go sleep in it. But he didn't. He came up with the solution. According to the scripture, a sinless one, paying the price for sinful ones, allows the sinful ones to be forgiven. And that is the whole message of the gospel. God sent his only and begotten son, the sinless one, the perfect, spotless lamb of God, took upon human flesh, came and went to that cross and bore all of my ugly, rotten sins, all of the sins of the world died in our place, took the penalty for us, and then rose again that third day. And the glorious gospel message is if sinners will place their faith in Jesus Christ, they'll be saved. And I am so thankful for the miracle of salvation. I'm thankful that I'm saved. And I know I'm saved. And I'm thankful that my wife is saved. And my kids are saved. And my friends are saved. And my parents are saved. Because they have opened their hearts to Christ and placed their faith in him. Never forget the miracle of salvation. Christian, be thankful all of your sins are forgiven. 
Psalm 32, David writes, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him. Another English translation goes, Oh, how happy are the ones whom sins have been freely forgiven. You know, all of your sins can be forgiven. So many people live guilty lives. Always under a cloud of something that they did in the past. Shameful things. Do you know if you put your faith in Christ, all of your sins can be forgiven? Salvation opens your understanding to big truths. I'm so grateful for how being born again opens your eyes. You know, before a person comes to Christ... The scripture says they're walking around in darkness. They're blind. Now, there might be some real brilliant intellectual people out there who might know a lot about worldly stuff. But spiritually, if you're apart from Christ, the picture is of a blind man groping through the darkness, bumping into things, trying to find some real reason for living. Some understanding of the world in which we live. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the light bulbs pop on. Your eyes are open. You can see. All of a sudden, you get the answers to the big questions. Where you came from? What's going on? What happens next? I'm sad as I look around our culture today, and I think of the the way people are blindly accepting things that are ludicrous, never even thought of in just recent history. See, where's the sense of people? That's what the devil does. He blinds people. When you come to Christ, there's an awakening. There's an awakening. If you're a born-again Christian... You see. Don't forget how thankful you should be for that. Living in a world where so people, many people don't see. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit who indwells us through salvation. The Bible says when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Your eyes are open and you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life. Are you thankful for the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit who lives in you? Or maybe, Christian, you forgot about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. He's your guide, your counselor. He produces fruit in your life, delivers you from bondage, transforms you. He empowers you to be effective in your witness for Christ. The Holy Spirit helps us through trials and tribulations. Oh, I'm thankful for him. Through salvation, we have that blessed hope of heaven one day and brand new bodies one day and being reunited with our loved ones who have gone ahead of us. And the miracle of salvation also brings us into this wonderful personal relationship with God. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that I know God. 
through faith in Christ Jesus. And really, if you keep digging down into the Bible, you go into the heart and then you go into the heart of the heart. And the heart of the heart is Jesus himself. The person of Jesus Christ who makes the gospel possible. All of the Old Testament pointing to Jesus. The gospels giving the history of Jesus. The rest of the New Testament looking back to explain Jesus and everything that he did. Jesus is the center. And you know what? I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for knowing him. I'm thankful that Christianity is not some boring religion where you keep a bunch of rules. I'm thankful that Christianity is a vibrant, radical, wonderful, daily walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is your Lord, if you're a born-again Christian. He's your Savior. He's the lover of your soul. He's your best friend. He will never leave you or forsake you. He loves you. He left heaven to become like you and die for you. He loves you and still has the nail prints on his hands and feet and the wound on his side to prove it. Do you realize that scripture teaches Jesus will carry those scars for eternity? For eternity, you will see the wounds of Christ. The proof that he loves you. That he paid the worst price imaginable. He loves you. And he serves as your high priest today. He loves you and is preparing a place for you. He loves you and one day he will take us all home to be with him. Are you thankful for him? I'm so thankful for the Bible. I'm so thankful for the gospel. I'm so thankful for Jesus. Think on those things this week. We should be thankful for Jesus all year long, all year long, but let me put it this way as we close. We also need to be thankful to Jesus all year long. And how are you thankful to Jesus all year long? Well, in the way you serve him. In the way that you love him back. In the way that you represent him. In the way that you seek to obey him. I want you to think about something. The way you're living your Christian life right now is directly linked to how much you really thank him for all that he's done in your life. How much do you thank him? If you don't thank him a lot, you won't live for him a lot. But if you wake up every day remembering who Jesus is and what he's done for you, oh, you're going to want to serve him in tangible ways. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Father, we're so grateful to have this time where we just sit down and list out blessings. We do thank you for salvation. 
We are so thankful for you, Lord, and we want to live a life that is thankful to you, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for opening our eyes. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the hope of heaven. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, I pray that even when we face difficult times in life, we would never be known as complainers. Constant worshipers of you. Grateful for all that you've done. And thank you that you help us through the trials in life. And I do thank you for church, for our brothers and sisters in Christ that also help us through times that are difficult. In very practical ways. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray your richest blessing upon these beautiful families, your people. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I just want to make sure, have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you said yes? Have you received the free gift of salvation? Do you understand and have you acknowledged your need? For Christ who died on the cross for you. Have you invited him to be your savior? Have the lights turned on? Have you found your purpose in living which is to know God? If you haven't, I want to invite you right now to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Admit that you need him. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Ask him to wash away all that sin to give you a brand new start. If that's you, just in the quietness of your heart, say, Lord, I bow before you. I acknowledge my sinfulness before you. And I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Paying that price for me at terrible cost to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for rising again that third day. And be be my savior. Fill me with your spirit. Change my life. Help me to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to close with this last song together. So much to be thankful for, right? Let's be those thankful people. Not to us. But to your name